Welcome back to Are You For Real? Today, we are sitting down with two of my favorite ladies, Erin Maldonado and Chandler Frisbee, to talk all about LGBTQ plus culture. Um, and I, Erin and I had chatted a while ago and she was like, let me come on the podcast and talk about all this stuff. And then we got this awesome opportunity and Chandler and Erin um, live together, girlfriends. And I reached out to Chan actually just first on the side, just because I just wanted to, I just said, listen, Erin asked me if this was cool. And Chandler was like, absolutely. And then I was like, will you come too? And she's like, well, let me ask Erin. And so now we've all decided to sit down together. Um, so first I want you guys, many of you list, that listen to us do come to the work. So you know Chandler is one of the head instructors here. Um, but I want to introduce Erin. So Erin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, very excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. So give us just a quick little background on you. I'm 28. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I've moved around quite a bit for work. I'm in the insurance industry and I do design for training software and um, living here in Charleston because everybody went virtual. So I just decided to stay and uh, Chandler now. So yeah, <laughs> she's a kind of a good reason. Mm-mm. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like three quarters of the month. I know. <laughs> okay. <True>. Okay. <laughs> Chan, even though everybody fucking knows you, go ahead. <laughs> tell us, tell us your name and who you are. Uh, my name is Chandler Frisbee. I'm 27. I live in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Uh, I was born in Texas, but I lived a lot of my life in Atlanta. Came here in 2012 to play softball at College of Charleston. Um, Taught in fitness for a little bit, and then I started teaching for the works in 2019, and now the work cycle um, over this last year. And uh, Aaron recently moved in with me last November of 2021, where we've been dating for a little bit over a year now. Um, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Well, yours is so much cooler than mine. <laughs> well, She's, you, know. you know, she is a professional. This is like her second uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've done this for a while. <laughs> um, all right, so I just want to. There's so many questions, and Aaron's done such a good job of trying to keep us organized because, you know, I do kind of tend to journey out no. other places. But I just want to, like, just jump right in. So, Aaron, how do you... Identify. Identify. Let me help you. <laughs> um, I would say that when I say I'm gay and I am a, um, you know, I'm a female who identifies as a female, I just say I'm a lesbian. Okay. So I... When you ask me if I dated men, the answer is I tried because I thought maybe the reason I had these like compelling feelings that maybe I wanted to go for was because I wanted to date both men and women. Mm -hmm. But then the more I tried both, the more I realized that the men just weren't, weren't (laughs) it just wasn't it for me. (laughs) It wasn't cutting it. Nah. (laughs) Okay. So like, okay. So when you go from, you know, as younger children, I think just experiencing my own children every day is like a journey of like new self-discovery and they sometimes don't have words for how they're feeling or what they're experiencing so like how did your experience unravel um I think as a kid I was always because you're from a big family right yeah I have um three sisters and we've always had um exchange students in and out so there could have been up to six kids in the house at one point um and we're all different personalities so I think when I was a kid I was always athletic uh, I was playing softball in the summers, basketball in the winters, pretty much any sport that I could get into at the rec or whatever travel team I was on. Um, and I always kind of dressed like I was going to practice, but like I wasn't going to practice. <laughs> I just liked sweatpants. Yeah, so, but um, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yours are like way cuter than mine. Um, but yeah, I think once I started to adapt to the athletic lifestyle of, you know, fashion and 
not playing the sport, I realized that like I was just a tomboy and I found myself um, hanging out with the boys all the time and riding my bike outside, skateboarding, like all just the things that led me to kind of be a little bit more masculine. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, you know, when are you going to put on the dress for the dance? Or when are you going to wear makeup? Uh, when are you going to try a tampon? Like, you know, just like really simple things that I think I started to resist in middle school. And I realized that like, I wasn't the same as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I remember I wanted a boyfriend so bad because it was cool. Um, but I was so scared because I knew I wasn't going to like it. Yeah. But I did it anyway. And I think that's sad. And when you talk about having kids, I think that's why in 2022, it's like really important to make a safe space because I just lived with like this, I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing because look at the way they treat people who aren't like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I think we're doing such a good job in society normalizing those conversations with kids to say, hey, number one, don't be an asshole because it matters. Mm -hmm. And number two is if you have kids, make a safe space and a safe conversation so that they don't carry that fear or that judgment of what are my friends going to say and what are my parents going to say. So how old were you or how did it all come out? Did you tell your parents first or did you tell your friends or your sisters? Nah, they found out. Um, and I was, it was funny because I was kind of scared like to talk about it because my mom, you know, she's the best mom. Like she is the best mom in the world. I would never hold anything that she did against her because it was new. And if it happened to you now in 2022, it'd be new to you too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why you think you can prepare. And then when it's your own kid, totally, you're like, oh shit, yeah. like what do I do? And I think, and just to side note, cause I know there are a lot of parents listening, like I don't have that experience, but I think as parents, I think Lindsay can relate to this too. Cause she's got three little boys. Like all you want to do is protect your children. Exactly. And it's like, if anyone makes my kid feel wrong or bad about something, gonna kill I might hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. And now that I'm older and I think it's been about a year since I confronted my mom about my experience because her reaction with my father's was more angry. And I think that's exactly why I didn't tell them. Mm -hmm. And so now they're like, well, why do you think we did that? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe if I did, I wouldn't be sitting here asking. Right, you. right, right, right. So I straight up asked my mom. It was COVID. I was bored, and I was like, "Let me think about who I can piss off <laughs> You're today." Like, who am I gonna fuck with who today? Who am I gonna fuck with today? <laughs> and so I text my mom, like, "Yo, let's talk about something that happened 15 years ago. Like, why did? Why were you like that? You know?" And she's like, "Well, because you lied to us, and you were, you know, going behind our backs, and you were hanging out with people that I didn't know about." Well, let's pause. Mm -hmm. Why do you think I did that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I put it back on her. And then she finally got, you know, raw with me and was like. I didn't want anybody to treat you differently. Mm -hmm. And I was more scared in reflecting my own emotions and my own feelings about the situation back on you. And now that I realize that your experience coming out wasn't warm, fuzzy, and, and open, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's all I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sorry took me, goes a long way. It does. And yeah. It took me 15 years to realize my mom was just doing her job to protect me. Totally. And she doesn't care if I'm gay. I mean, she literally like buys me rainbows. I'm like, mom, stop buying me that stuff. Like, I'm not going to wear it. <laughs> but like, she's super proud of me now. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because I think, like I said before, we're just doing such a better job creating atmospheres for people who are 12, 13, 14 years old, like I was, to not carry shame and to carry guilt to say, hey, mom, I got to tell you something. Yeah. So. And then how did, like, when you came out with your friends, so you were, what, 13? Yeah, I was, I think I was um, more a freshman in high school, so probably like 14, 15 is when I was playing basketball in other schools, and I started to, like, notice girls, and I'd be like, oh, that girl on that team's cute, and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to play them. Let me stop. Yeah. Like, fantasizing about this girl on the other <laughs> team. And I started to notice that outside of my school, there was other girls that I could tell were probably like me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can pick up a skater, like it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think I started dating somebody that played at a rival school 
um, our freshman year was secret. It was like all through MySpace or Facebook. We never saw each other except for basketball tournaments and stuff. And like just the whole ninth grade relationship style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I left my MacBook on the counter and I forgot it for school that my mom opened up my computer on Facebook and saw my conversation with my at the time first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's when like the rage of like, I don't understand why she is lying to us about her set in. And then things kind of just bombed from there. Yeah. But do you feel like, cause you grew up in a city. Yeah. Cleveland. And do you feel like, like the, your peers were accepting? Oh yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, and I think they don't care because I didn't display it. Like I always laugh about like being in the locker room. Like all my friends were mostly cheerleaders or like, you know, quote unquote, the popular group. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, those are my real friends and they would never think that I was like looking at their boobs in the locker right, room. Right. Like I knew at that point who my real friends were to say like, Hey, I'm not looking at your boobs. I'm just changing next to you. Right. Or like well, once, but kids can be like that. And I think once I realized that like my friends weren't like that as people, then I was more comfortable like saying it. Right. Well, I also think it's like good to point out and we're going to get to Chandler in just a second. She talks enough. Though. We don't need to. It's Aaron's turn. <laughs> Thanks for, she's just here for moral support really. Um, but I think it goes to say like, to your point, Aaron, like I'm not attracted to every man that walks in. You know what I mean? It's like you're attracted to who you're attracted to. to people. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, Chan. Mm-hmm. Let's. So we had Chandler on the podcast. Was that a year, two years ago? Mm, yeah, like 2019. 2019. End of 2019, maybe early 2020 before COVID. Um, and you talked about your mom coming out mm-hmm. and her mom is married to a woman mm-hmm. and they've been together for how long? Um, I mean, they've been married since I believe it's November 2017, but technically like we have lived with Barb and her two kids and my mom and my sister as a family um, when I moved to Atlanta in second grade. So right when I um, moved from Texas to Atlanta, we moved in with Barb and that was like 2000 or 2001. So they've been living together since like over 20 years, Mm -hmm. but they've been married for, I guess, four or five years now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how do you identify? You know, I, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, this is the whole reason why I brought her. And I you know, you and I have talked about this yeah. a little bit. Like I am attracted to people. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm attracted to you, Aaron, <laughs> but mostly I've, I've dated more men than I have women. Um, so I guess I would consider myself bisexual. And is that Okay. I don't know. You just looked at me like that wasn't. I'm attracted to you, but I like, but I've. This is not a place for y'all to get in a fight. It's fine. We're not going to get in a fight. But I am attracted to both. Yeah. Not right now, but in general, like, I just feel like that's me. Yeah. Yeah. And are you okay? (laughs) I don't care. Okay. Um... Okay, so how, what was your first experience? Because it was a long time ago, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. The first... Or your first experience with a woman, let me say. Well, I've told this to a couple of people, but the first person I was ever attracted to in my life was when I was like 11 or 12, mm-hmm. and it was a girl. Mm-hmm. And I grew up playing travel softball, um, starting at like an early age, like eight or nine, and there was this girl, and it was like the start of AIM, like instant messaging. And like Aaron said, like MySpace and like Facebook was kind of starting, like Twitter and Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. But me and this girl like had this friendship that was 
at first like started as a friendship, but you're like in seventh grade. But looking back on it now and even in the moment, like it was more than that. We never saw each other because we lived hours away from one another. Um, but like I remember using like my house phone and we would talk to each other at night and I was like in seventh grade. We would like talk on AIM for like hours. It was just like this um, almost like obsessive, like on the computer, like thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after I remember this girl being in ninth grade and we had stayed friends or whatever. And I remember she started dating this girl and I was like really, really upset about it. Um, and I remember being really sad for like a couple of months and then I just kind of blocked it from my mind and kind of convinced myself that I like wasn't that way. And keep in mind, like my mom is living with this woman at the time. I don't know that they're like actually together. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just remember blocking it out of my mind for literally up until I was in college. Like I, I didn't not think about it, but I only dated men. So from that point, from on that point. Even when you were in college? Even when I was in college, yeah. And after college, um, I still dated guys. Um, and then I ended up dating somebody um, right before I met Aaron. Oh, wow. um, Lots of ums coming in this. A girl, this. <laughs> a girl. And this was like really recent. Like, Like I started like, I was really independent for like two or three years, dated a couple people, but not really. And then, oh gosh, it was. Do you feel like, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm like a news reporter. So I have to draw yeah. the story yeah. out a little bit. Do you feel like you were really independent because. I don't know. know. Yeah. Maybe because so. you're also going and through I've, other stuff at the time that you've talked about before as well. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, I. I think my, like, maybe, like, a little bit of my independence came from, like, not really knowing who I am, mm -hmm. you know, and, like, not knowing what I'm attracted to, and, like, I remember, like, even dating these guys and not being able to, like, ever fully commit um, and being hesitant almost on dating in general anybody, mm -hmm. and as I've gotten older and, like, started to get my, to get to know myself a little bit more, I'm like, well, maybe, like, I was just like struggling with who I was and what I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. um, and I was actually like dealing with a lot of like self-love, body image issues. So I was having a really hard time with even having like a good, solid foundation with myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that played a big part of it. Like I was never really happy with my body, even when I was at my thinnest. And I was just like always really consumed in that. So I don't think I could ever really fully give myself to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, there were definitely moments where I would like think back when I was a 12 year old and like just think about it, you know, and then I would take myself out of it just because the world, you know, that we were living in, like from seventh grade up until my senior year of college was like, you weren't really having the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, however, I mean, I grew up playing softball and I had coaches that were gay. I had teammates that dated one another. Um, so there was definitely like that going on um, in like the sport that I was playing. Um, but I never really like could identify who I was mm -hmm. until the last year or two. Yeah. Um, enter Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Okay, well, enter enter my, yeah. my next question. And intermission. <laughs> Let's talk about y'all's 
journey, relationship, how you met, how, and like, I want you to think about this, like, and, and I'm not, I think dating for men and women, women and women, men and men. I mean, I, I know when I've actually spoken to a friend of mine who dates, he's a man and he dates men, or Dakota, who has worked with us before. He's talked to me a little bit about the culture and I'm not putting words in his mouth. He's told me this. He says the gay culture for men is a lot about sex. And so I'd love to hear y'all's journey together, what the culture is like. Um, it's the opposite. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, and Same. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what Dakota's saying, um, the culture of lesbians in general, which I don't know if we're allowed to touch on that before we get into yeah, like how we everything. got there. Let's touch each other. Oh. <laughs> Sarah's I will say this real here. quick. Everybody is a little bit gay who is listening, so just letting you guys know that. Sarah? Keep that in mind. Watch out. <laughs> um, if Sarah gets close to you in the suit, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but the culture of, and I think I'm a little bit better to speak on it than Chandler, because obviously she hasn't really identified or explored the community as much as I have since I've kind of just dove into it at a young age, but um, social media really changed everything. And I think when people talk about God, every lesbian knows each other. Well, guess what? That's facts. That's true. <laughs> we do know each other, but let's talk about why and let's not stigmatize it to be such a bad thing because it's really amazing to have similar people. Mm-hmm. And I think social media has created, you know, these webs that are small. And like, you got to remember our dating pool is so much smaller. Like you look at a man and there's a 90 to, well, 90 to a hundred percent chance that he's straight and mm-hmm. that he's, you know, heterosexual or whatever it is. So mine is like, I look out in a crowd and there's a hundred pretty girls and I just have to hope that one of them likes girls too. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. And so, you know, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, whatever it is, it just like blew up the dating circle. And for people listening like me that are kind of dumb, can you just talk a little bit about dating apps? Yeah, sure. Because I've never been on one. It's <laughs> essentially where you put your best pictures and a little bit about yourself that you think people would be attracted to and your picture comes up. If the people like the way you look, they go, Yes. Or no. Mm-hmm. And if you also say yes on that person, then you guys match. Got it. So you have to like them and they have to like you for a conversation to spark. And then at that point, it becomes your choice on what you do with it. The chat can stay empty. You can move it to text, whatever it is. But you can move your radius. So if you're in Charleston and you're like, I realistically want to go on a date with somebody, you can have a 10-mile radius so you don't have to go very far. Lesbians are willing to travel. <laughs> I mean, there is a nationwide option, and I bet you that 70% of them are set on that option. Wow. Um, you, can, you can search anywhere. There's a term for that. Should we... The U-Haul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the U-Haul... No, share everything. Yeah, the U-Haul, I'm, I'm trying to make like, it interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the U-Haul is basically somebody who takes a leap of faith on a girl that they either know well or, or don't really know well, and they pack up that U-Haul and they just try to make it happen. And that's, uh, that's again, another negative stigma of the lesbian community, but it happens yeah. a lot. Um, and I know straight girls like that, though. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> but once you get on there and you start to make this web of lesbians bigger and bigger and the web start to cross different state lines and different people you know that whole thing that lesbians know each other in the last five five years I would say it's just gotten worse because now somebody in Florida who has moved there you have an opportunity to date their ex and it's just kind of become this like wait has it gotten worse or better it's better for you if you're single and you're looking for somebody it's worse for you if you're kind of sensitive to people dating your exes or people dating your friends Got because it. they've been, you know, with Instagram and followers and mutual friends, it's just become, 
it's a it's free for all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's free for all. Anybody can date anybody. Um, so do you find that like people because you're saying like the dating pool's smaller. So do people like say they're friends with you and they like can literally just like look through your friends and they're like, oh, I'm gonna follow this person that's friends all with the Aaron. time. I got it. I mean, to be com- I mean, this is all I'm putting it all on the table right now. Are you for real? How we <laughs> met? I mean, was because of almost like a little like web in Charleston. Very um, sticky web. Yeah, it was pretty sticky. There was, yeah. I mean, it was just. This sorry, person knew sorry. this person, and then you found out, like, you know, your ex was someone who I was, or your ex was someone who I was dating ex. Like, it's the whole thing, and that's how and we like, kind of met. And I didn't like Chandler at first. Me either. Just kidding. <laughs> Actually, that is false. I'm so kidding. That is false. I'm going to ignore Sarah's comment, but that is false, Aaron. That is false. Did you maybe like her a lot? No. You thought she was kind of like... She was too much. Well, that was after you met me in person, which understandable. <laughs> However, on the Instagram, you slid right in first. Facts. To her DMs, guys. Well, <laughs> she... We don't really have that term yeah. in, in the lesbian community, so let's start there. Okay. No one's really slut. I mean, okay. Well, okay, never mind. okay, okay. I mean... I got it. I hear you. But, but like, it after we had, like, kind of talked, I found out that, you know, she knew this person, and I knew this person was dating this person, and it all kind of came, like... In this, so then how web did y'all people who knew each other? So now you're in the web and it's sticky, hmm. and Aaron thinks you're too much, but somehow, as always, you weasel your way in. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know. So I'll just give you a brief timeline of how it went down. Is that okay? You, it's, your, it's your podcast. Um, I'm, in, I'm interested. I'm just in this. paying for it. So I had <laughs> like told myself like that I wasn't gonna date any women, and then literally like. A week or two later, this girl named Erin Maldonado likes like three of my pictures from like 2020 Creepy. or like <laughs> 2019. Like, a, like it's a thing. It got it's her like, attention, and it did. That's and then you followed me, and we had like a couple mutual friends. And I'm like, okay. And to be honest, I was like kind of into her vibe and her style, and you seem really confident. And like you had this TikTok that was hilarious, and all these things. And you know, so we started chatting a little bit on Instagram. And then I pretended like I came to the works and never saw her, but I never came to the works. What? I mean, I literally said, take a couple people's classes. You said, and I quote, (laughs) how have I been to the works and never taken your class? I had been to the works two times. And of course I was like, I have no idea. How could you miss me? But, (laughs) But, and then we started texting a little bit. You want me to write you out? And then you got some stuff to write me out for too. But, um, and then you came to take my class at like 6 a.m. Probably hated it. Did you know that she was coming? I did know she was coming. I was really nervous. I had to make sure I was on my A game. Class pass. I thought I was doing great, you know, and then she left and then she invited me over for coffee at her apartment on Dan that's Island. A, that's a lie. You asked if you could bring me coffee. Mm, I don't think that's true. Okay. Go ahead. I think you made an excuse, like you were like, I really want some coffee right now. And like, so, oh, so did me. I ask you to bring it to me or did mm. you bring me coffee? I did bring you coffee. Okay. We can just leave it Let's, at that. Okay. So wait, can we just pause? So yeah. is this before you think she's too much? Uh during. Okay. She's getting there. Okay. For sure. And I know that about myself, it's fine. <laughs> and then we like I leave, you know, it's whatever. But do you want to tell them what you did when you came over? Oh, I just like in true Chandler fashion, spilled my whole life story. Mm-hmm. Told her about my family, told her about my job, all my best friends. Oh, four, four hours later, you're still sitting I knew her for seven minutes in the studio at that point. And, and she told me about 
everything. And I'm, I'm working on my laptop, minding my business, and she's sitting on my couch, disgusting, by the way. She had just come from a class. Ripe. Ripe. Whole <laughs> order pants. I mean, there was literally like a perfect peach on my couch when she got okay. up. Anyway, um, I was like, she closed the door. And have you ever waited to like for somebody to get down the hall far enough so that you could talk about them so they didn't hear you? No. I was by myself, and I waited for that moment, and I was like, who'd you what call? The Fuck. <laughs> I was like, what? how did you get her out? <laughs> I told her I had a meeting, I think, or something to where I was just like, did, hey, I think. time is time is of the essence here. Yeah. Thanks for the coffee. There's the door. Yeah. The, the coffee was great. Um, but yeah, I remember like she walked out and my suspicion that she was too much after her, that was when she had Wednesday 6.30s as, as she was like screaming at the top. And I'm like, I couldn't breathe. I made a TikTok about it and it went viral. And I was like, God, I hope she doesn't see that. And then she saw it. Um, but I remember I was stalking her at this point. Yeah, she Got was it. literally stalking me. <laughs> but I remember like I put my phone down and I don't know if I deleted her number quite, but I was almost like, well, there goes that. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that. But like one of our biggest, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, one of our biggest jokes in our relationship is I didn't like Chandler at first. Yeah. And, and I'm sure she's a nice person at this point, I think in my head, but yeah. like just not for me. Yeah. So then what happened? Well, then I do believe that you did ask me to go to dinner at Obstinate Daughter on Friday, and then you actually never, like, showed up. Yeah, curiosity killed the cat. So I was cat. really, really sad. Wait, you went and she didn't show up? I was on my way to Sullivan's, and you were, like, not texting me back, and I was like... Aaron! Okay. Wait, pause. Mm-hmm. As someone who could be your mother... I would say that's dramatic. I would say that she was at home team with friends. No, 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 that was the next day. Don't let me get there. I was with Maggie and Alex. Back okay, then. so maybe I did do that. Yeah. She was on her way, had gotten herself ready. And, and you pretty. were on, and I saw an Instagram story of you like going like downtown to Edmonds Oast on King Street. Mm. Mm. And I think I, mm. so then fast all, forward. We got a lot to unpack there, but we're going to wait the on next that morning, we don't have the time. And <laughs> I go to like home team with Maggie and Alex. <laughs> I'm at home team with Maggie and Alex, have a couple game changers. And I'm like, I'm a Texas girl. I'm like, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it just like your thing to like invite people out and then like ghost them? And you're like, yeah, I'm on my way to Charlotte right now, by the way. And you're like, I'm going to see my friend. I'm kind of talking to this girl and like, I can't be talking to someone, two different people I'm attracted to. And I was like, you know what? Fine. All good. Yeah. I'm not a two timer. Right. And so that, that was that. I might and, ditch you, but I'm not going to two time you. Right. And then flash forward. We're still like Instagram friends. We don't talk or anything. And then I start dating somebody else. Okay. Mm-hmm. pissed <laughs> you were pissed yeah, for no reason I don't know why mm-hmm. I literally passed up on um the situation obviously I had an opportunity to kind of hang out with her and then she started dating somebody that I knew through other people and um without getting too technical it was the ex-girlfriend of the girl that I was talking to that I was referring to whoa yeah did and I didn't and when I, I said the web out. is small the I, web is I found out like a month into me dating this girl and I told this girl, I was like, I just got to let you know this because I just put like two and three together or whatever. And I was like, I did briefly talk to this girl named Erin um, for a couple days. Nothing happened. You know, we briefly I hung out in her apartment. Out apartment. She uh, literally kicked me out. <laughs> and, you know, come to find out Erin was now kind of seeing this person's mm-hmm. ex. If you're out there. I'm so sorry. So you're not sorry, but that's okay. I'm not sorry. So, okay. So then how do you guys come back together? All right. So I see this situation. The spider web just keeps intermingling. I mean, it's all over the place. It's in, I mean, there's like. But eventually our 
two threads find their way back because I see the situation on social media. I can see she's dating somebody else and something just didn't sit right with me. I was like, you know what? I didn't think I cared and I think I do. And in true Aaron fashion, the finesse, I started to like, if you can picture like a screwdriver going under a board, just prying my way <laughs> to loosen the board and finally just kind of get myself so in there. So you basically broke Chandler down. I broke the situation that she was in down because I knew that, I don't want to say that, but I knew that I could. And I... You're looking like a real shining star right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. But I, I think I just knew that it was going to be worth it if I did. And there were situations where I found myself around her and we just kind of had this like connection across the table, across whatever place we were in at the same time, because we did intersect places with similar friend groups a couple times before we ended up kind of just full send, you know? Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, she kind of realized and I kind of realized that we should have never even gotten to this point. Like I should have given it more of a chance. And that really was when I was like, damn, she was right. Mm-hmm. I was shitty for doing that to her. I should have given her more of a chance and been not so scared of her being honest with me about her life because she's normal. Like she's real and I wasn't used to that. And mm. I think that I think that scared me. And the works. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Frick. <laughs> um, and I think now that I I I actually learned a lot from her because I wish everybody would walk into a room and be like, This is who I am, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And I left it. And I was like, she can go back where she came from, <laughs> put her back into class. the works and I'm going to cancel my class pass. You know, I'm just done. And sorry about the class pass thing, by the way. And, um, I, I remember like, I think I was scared of her, but for the, re- for the best reasons. And if everybody could be like Chandler, then a lot of people would know the real them. And there would be a lot less doors that needed to be knocked down to get to a real connection with somebody because people's egos get in the way and mine is huge Mm -hmm. like it still is and she has to knock it down all the time because sometimes just being like vulnerable to me like I'm kind of like the more masculine one I just don't do it Mm -hmm. and so she came in at a you know full 10 and I was at like a zero of realness (laughs) and eventually like I started to meet her in the middle Mm -hmm. and now we are where we are Mm mm-hmm And that is interesting because like when I first saw you, I saw someone who was like so real and like open with who they were. And that's what like got me attracted to you in the first place. So just interesting the way that like we both were thinking different things of ourselves. Yeah, same, same, same but different. Totally. Basically. Because that's like, and I didn't really even really know you yet. And I could tell that we were already pretty different in personalities. Like you kind of have a hard (laughs) shell. At first, when people, like, talk to you and, like, I could talk to, you know, a brick wall and be fine with it. And so I just think um, it's interesting the way that it played out. So that kind of leads me to another question. And some of these are, like, I know it's hot in here, like, stereo, I don't know. I don't want to stereotype anything. But these are just questions as someone who doesn't know a lot is just asking. And I think having the conversation breaks down a lot of the The conversation is literally half the battle. Yeah. Um, So do people, like, in same-sex relationships like is there one like you said more masculine one that takes on it it doesn't there doesn't have to be um I would say majority of the time there is but is there a giver and a taker (laughs) uh well Chandler no um (laughs) I'll let you uh guess which one she is but anyway um yeah I I think it becomes like gender norms almost where you play a a role, it's kind of sounds dirty, but you play like, you know, house where somebody has to be the one to fix the stuff and somebody has to kind of take control. And 
the other person is just, you know, she's so much better at so many things than me. And I'm so much better at so many things than her, but it works. And so I think, you know, a lot of the times there's these new terms of lesbians and, you know, people can't even remember the LGBTQ plus acronym. And now there's like 10 subcategories within the lesbian community. You know, you have masks or masculines, you have studs, you have stems, which are like feminine and masculine put together. You have all these. I would put you in that category. Yeah. And so I think, you know, and do in your own, do you categorize yourself? No, I mean, I don't need to. I know, but to like other, like another lesbian. Yeah, like if they're like, on like a date on TikTok, yeah. on TikTok, they do. Or like even like people in our friend group, like they would, like if they said like describe Chandler. Like, oh, describe I'm daddy. Okay. <laughs> no, that is not what they would say. Oh, okay. <laughs> they would say like, like a masculine or a feminine or one of those terms, even though we don't describe ourselves Yeah, in that I think way. one of the most annoying questions though you can get as a lesbian is, who's the man in the relationship? Yeah. Because right. I'm not a man. Like I, right. no, you're I, not. And I think one of the, well then don't call yourself daddy. <laughs> well, that's a different story. Um, and I think one of the most, like my favorite thing about my coming out story is that I never really shed that. I'm still proud to be a woman. And if you're not more power to you, like mm-hmm. be what you need to be. But I think what eased my coming out story is that, you know, I never wanted to cut my hair. I never wanted to wear boy clothes. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to look like a boy because I was, I liked the way I looked. Like I was okay with it. And once I got older and I started to realize that like I could do this fashion thing and still look like a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really, I mean, it's called Are You For Real? Like it's, it's bad, but I'm saying That's like not bad. I nothing, can still pull no. off society saying, hey, you look like a normal ass girl. But there's something about you that maybe you could go the other way. And, you know, if I wanted to go out to Trio and put on a little black dress and put my titties out, mm-hmm. I could attract some dudes. Mm-hmm. And maybe I will. You're a babe. And there's a lot of straight women that love Aaron. And you've been dun, with a lot dun, of straight dun. women. <laughs> but it's true. If I wanted to throw on, you know, loose pants and a flannel right. and a beanie and some tennis shoes, which I do often, people are like, yeah, she's gay as hell. Mm-hmm. Or she's got a black dress on. I don't know what she is. And I think that that is one of my powers is that I can shift in and out of what I want to be for the group that I'm going to be in. But I've really stopped doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. And if I want to look hot, I'm going to go look hot. And if I want to look like Chandler's daddy, like I'm going to look like Chandler's daddy. <laughs> This is definitely you're in my phone now with Chandler's daddy. So for the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, oh, sh- so like, okay. So what's it like, go, like going out? You, ha- I mean, I know you guys personally. So for people that are listening, like I know you guys hang out with all different groups of people. Like, and you'll have like a pretty active social life. One of the yeah. questions someone asked me is. Um, when I put on Instagram, they said, it always seems like they're doing so much fun things. What's like the most fun date that you've ever been on? That's what they asked. Ooh. We went to Turks and Caicos last year. And for some reason, when I think about like our relationship, being like on a white sand beach on a boat, like with Chandler was like, you know, it gives me that like super romantic, like fantasy. I hope someday when I was 14 years old, I pictured myself like with a beautiful woman on an island, like having a drink. And I think that was when I first realized that like, damn, I kind of made it with what I wanted to be someday Yeah, with a woman. Yeah. Yeah, that trip was awesome. We've done a lot of fun things together. We've been able to travel a lot together. We've been to Cleveland a couple times. She's Her favorite city, by the way. Cleveland. We've been to Austin <laughs> a couple times. We've been to Atlanta a lot. My family loves Aaron, and my sister loves Aaron, like, a Let's lot. Let's talk about that. Okay. So, um, because I think, like I said before, some of the people listening are maybe, like, 
either considering talking to their family about who they are mm-hmm. or it's the family listening and maybe they just had someone tell them. So you've had different reactions. So I know Darby, love Darby. Mm-hmm. You were really nervous hey, Darby. to tell her, right? <laughs> I was really nervous. Darby was like one of the last people in my like immediate family for me to tell. I actually told Barb first. What'd she say? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I think it was over the phone because she lives in Atlanta, obviously, and I was in Charleston. And for some reason, I just felt inclined to tell Barb. She is such like a... She's so kind. Yeah, she is so I kind. think I was more of afraid that my mom would like, not freak out, but just be like more shocked. And I know Barb's personality and she's like kind of the peacemaker in the mm-hmm. house. She's always the middle woman. She's always kind of been that for me and my sister and for her kids. So I told her first and then... After that conversation, she was like, you know, you got to tell your mom. Like, you got to tell your mom. I feel kind of not right knowing without her knowing. And my mom was coming to Charleston for like a girls weekend with one of our neighbors from Georgia. And at the time I was dating this girl, right? The girl I dated before, Erin. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell her today. I don't know when I'm going to see my mom next. And we were supposed to go to this brunch at Shim Creek. And this girl was sitting next to me. And she was like, do you want me to leave? because I had not told my family mm-hmm. about her. I know that was probably really hard on her. And I was like, no, 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 I want you to stay. My mom's going to walk in and I'm just going to like, whatever. Like, I just, I don't want to make Way it to this. Way to put everybody on the I don't want to make it spot. this big. Chandler's yeah, really big on making people comfortable. Jeez. Well, like, it was very, like, it was less dramatic. But that's so you. Right. I was just like, you know what? I got to get this off my chest. Like, mom, meet this person. It's my girlfriend. She's like, great. <laughs> Let's go to brunch. You yeah. know, and that was it. And Barb knew. And then... You know, actually, Darby never knew about her. There you go, Darb. Um, and then I told Darby about Aaron. Actually, take that back. Darby asked me if I was dating Aaron because I had been with Aaron for a couple days or weeks and we were just posting pictures. I mean, it literally came together. out of nowhere. Right, out of nowhere. Um, well, actually, my mom and Barb met Aaron on Christmas Day. Day. Before we were even dating, Aaron came down to Cleveland, from Cleveland to Atlanta before we started dating. Um, and I had asked my mom and Barb, I was like, can this girl named Aaron like come on Christmas night? Like she's. You were so excited. I'm homeless. I was. And she <laughs> was like, there was like a snowstorm in Cleveland. I was the only car um, on so the wait, road. So wait, I should have even, I forgot about saying this. Jeez. This is before we even dated. So we had been like talking her a little bit. This was right before Christmas. And then, um, we hadn't seen each other for like 12 days. And I was like, mom, Barb, like, can this girl named Aaron? Cause it was just me and my mom and Barb at, on Christmas night, like come down and just like stay with us for the night. And they were like, sure. <laughs> and then Aaron came through like a 13 hour, like blizzard snowstorm. I was the only like, person on the It was road. insane. I was pulled. I had to and almost then, like, to pull And then she just out. left and we said nothing about it. <laughs> and I'm sure my mom and Barb were like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> and then sooner or later, you know, we started dating. They found out, and I told Darby after that. After Darby was like, "Dude, are y'all dating?" And I picked up the phone in Aaron's house, and I was like, "I'm so sorry." Like I was, but you were so scared shitless. Scared. Yeah, I thought about it every day. Like but she it was, was upset, right? She was fine in the moment, and then the couple days after, I think it kind of like but hit she her. She was more upset you hadn't told her, right? She yeah. was like, "You're my best friend," because she is. We're super close, but just like the situation we grew up in, and just you know. It, it was super hard on her and on me. I was afraid of what she would say, and I was really scared of, like, losing the love of my sister. Mm-hmm. But I think what I've realized is, like, I would rather 
trust that people are going to love me than be so in fear that people are going to hate me. Totally. You know, and when it comes down to it, like I have received no, like not even negativity, but even like just discomfort or ill feelings from anybody in my family. And my dad has met Aaron a bunch. I mean, he took us to Turks and Caicos. You know, you've spent holidays with us, um, and which you, is really amazing. I mean, no one has like yeah. been weird about it or. I feel like this community <clears throat> too. I mean, for totally. this community totally embraces you. But, and I think that's what helped me a lot is just knowing that like, no matter what, like I had, do you feel comfortable you guys, talking about it? Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? A year ago I could not have done this. Yeah. Even that, like that soon, you yeah. know, like I couldn't have done it. Um, and you know, I think I still have moments every now and then of like, you know, what are they going to say? But like I said, I don't want to live my life in like fear, Right. but I've received no hatred and it's amazing to be a part of a community like the works and the work cycle and just like that like safe zone of knowing that like it's, I'm always going to be able to come to a place that feels safe. I mean, you guys have done a really good job setting the tone. Totally. And I, I've never even had this conversation with you, but it's similar to my company and I'm fortunate enough to have a relationship with the person who runs my company. And if it starts at the top down Mm -hmm. and it's visible allyship, people either are going to come or they're not. And the people who aren't going to come, you probably don't want them here anyway. Yeah. And I think that's what has really helped her a lot is because if she wasn't here and she was totally. in a community that wasn't visibly like an ally, this would have been drawn out a lot longer mm-hmm. is my guess. Well, Chandler, I was in one of Chandler's spin classes a while ago and she told... Um, I think I've heard this story and people, I'm, I'm waiting for it. 40 people on spin bikes, she just said basically, you know, if you don't like the way I live, you can get the fuck out of this room. <laughs> and then afterwards she's like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm fired. fired. I'm fired. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This is who we are, yeah. you know? And like... Tell me a lot. I think it's... I think it's such an important part of the work that we do as well. Like, you know, it's, we talk about inclusion, but if you're not living it, then you're not living it. Mm-hmm. And like what, you know, I took Chan's class this morning and just talking, I loved what you talked about, about like how, when we're, we're actively working on ourselves, like it's not like a milestone. It's like, okay, I did that. Now I'm, you know, mm-hmm. totally better or whatever yeah. it is fixed, healed. It's like a, an act of practice. And I've said this before, but I love the, that podcast that Macklemore did um, where he talked about like healing, like addiction. And he was like, I am in recovery. He's like, I'm not recovered. I'll never be recovered. Yeah. And I think that goes for us, everybody, like yeah. for everything, we're constantly healing, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think just like being able to have real conversations with people, you know, yeah. breaks down barriers so much quicker than like f- bullshitting who you are. And mm-hmm. then I was on the plane yesterday and I watched this episode of Will and Grace and he was trying to get this um, news anchor, but the new, it was Will trying to get the news anchor and Will's the smart one. And so Jack was like, let me coach you on how to be like, like just a, like a dumb boy, basically. I mean, basically their words. And at the end, he, the news anchor was like, I don't want you because you're smart, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, he just spent all this, he spent a whole thir- 28 minutes <laughs> trying to convince this guy. Right. But I mean, I just think it's so much better. And I think you're yeah. going to keep getting better. Like, I know you feel better than you did a year ago. And I feel better than I did when I was 15. But I mean, there's times where I walk down the street and I, I want to like grab Chandler's hand and I'm like, dude, there's old people behind us. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. And for as, why? as confident as I am and as for as much as an I don't give a fuck attitude that I have, I still hesitate. And I think that is where... Do you find it more in the South or just anywhere? Um, more in the South. And I think I just grew up in a really like diverse cultural city. And then I came here and, you know, there's just a stigma with the South. And I think it would 
be anywhere though that I saw people who were older or didn't look like they were cool with it, which is such a bad thing to say because I never know who's down with anything anymore because everybody's changing so fast, but I still do it. And then I'm like, damn, you're this like proud, like TikTok, like lesbian that, you know, talks about all these topics and people follow you because you bring things to light that other people relate with. And then here I am not holding my girlfriend's hand because Mm -hmm. there's a couple of geezers behind me, Mm -hmm. you know, like... Mm -hmm. I still have a lot of room to grow. No ageism here. Well, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have room to grow. And I'm still yeah. on my coming out journey, even though I feel like it's finished. It's not. Because I'm still clearly compromising my sexuality for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this sounds really terrible. But, like, that generation of people, like, they're going to die eventually. And I think people who are our age, even my parents' generation, like, they're starting to see the world the way that we want to see it. Mm-hmm. And when they go, it's our world now, baby. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to be like <laughs> so down for it. Everybody's <laughs> going to mean Sarah's a lesbian. Like it's just going to be this great place. And I definitely think that, you know, people say, oh my God, the world's such a terrible place. You know, the world's this, the world's that. Or look how I can't even watch the news. Mm-hmm. Eventually stuff like this that is being talked about and is more visible than it ever has been, even in the last five years. And five years is a really small amount of time. Mm-hmm. The world is going to look different <clears throat> in 20 years. And we're going to laugh about the fact that we were scared to even tell your sister or mm-hmm. tell your mom or, you know, whatever it was. And I'm, I'm so hopeful for those days. And, you know, you know, Dermot Kennedy said, better days are coming, you know? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First, let's go. I want to talk about your TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. That was an accident. Um, you have like 80,000 followers. Yeah, that's actually not a lot. In the TikTok world, no, it's not. And and what happens is, is like when COVID hit, everybody was bored. And so what happened was- I wasn't. I had three kids at home. I can't relate. I was terrified. But (laughs) these people like started to- and, and I love it because I'm, I'm in design and I'm kind of like, I'm artsy, but I can't draw and I can't even write a full sentence. But mm-hmm. like my brain works in weird ways and Chandler will tell you that. Like I'm just different. And when people started to create, I loved it. Like, oh my God, all these people are given this tool of creation, whether that's visual, audio, singing, dancing, and people are so bored that people are forced to be creative. And I was down with it. And I was just like making stupid videos. And I remember I posted a video of my sister, Holly, Drunk in the backyard, going off a ramp into the pond. And she had noodles on the bike and everything. It's ready to land. And I put the sound on the background that was like, you know, that older child, you know, she's going to get you. Something stupid. Yeah, yeah. And it got like 3 million views. And like, holy, how does that work? It's still on there. Check it out. It was a trending hashtag. I don't even know hashtag. how to do TikTok, so but like, I'm going to. Whatever hashtag TikTok wants on their explore page is what people go to the explore page and see that day. So if they want to talk about cooking with... Do they tell you what they're... Yeah. So like if you get on TikTok and you you see their explore page and it's talking about flying monkeys, make a TikTok about flying monkeys and maybe you'll get on the explore page. Got because it. Because everybody who clicks on that hashtag is now going to see your video about flying monkeys. Like you just have to go with the, the trends, yeah. with the algorithm. But people who are hiding from a community that they may want to enter, AKA the gay community, they type in that explore page, gay, Hmm. lesbian, lesbian problems, gay problems. And that is their portal of like comfort Hmm. because they are seeing all these people they don't even know talking and relating about things that they so wish that they had somebody in real life to talk about. So what I did is I would post videos about, you know, silly 
lesbian things that I was going through, whether that be like, why are all these young lesbians putting slits in their eyebrows? <laughs> What's up with the boxers? Like, just like, you know, just silly things yeah. that maybe they weren't, they were a little cruel and a little direct, but people my age loved it because mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, what's going on with that? Or like whatever it was. So I think I found people who found comfort in what I was talking about, but they were too afraid to make a TikTok about it. Mm-hmm. And so then I felt this pressure because like, the, I mean, the followers, 10,000 a day. Like Jeez. I was getting- You're like, blown, how do I get better? I was getting paid. Like I was getting paid Jeez. monthly and like it wasn't great. That's how that works? But like I could take Chandler on a date for it. Yeah. Once you get 25,000 followers, TikTok pays you for your interactions. So I actually have a 1099, a 1099 or whatever it is when you're an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. I have one of those through TikTok because I get a cut of my interactions for ads and stuff. So I started talking about all these like common lesbian topics and people loved it. And so when I kept my hashtags consistent, people were finding me Mm -hmm. and then they were following me. And that's kind of how I got there. But I won't lie, like life got busy, life went back to normal, as normal can get. And I stopped making them. But I still have all these followers and I still feel this sense of responsibility to entertain them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what my avenue is because I'm not single anymore. And Chandler wasn't down with thirst traps. But let me tell you what, they were fun <laughs> until the comments started flowing in. Yeah. And then it wasn't fun for Chandler anymore. Yeah. But could you not do like your day-to-day stuff with her? I could, but nobody's nobody cares about that. Really? They either want to see me like looking good or they want to see me bashing lesbians. Like there there was just no in-between. So I still have to figure out like what our like new channel is going to be about or like what our new like trend is going to be about but I haven't really got there because Chandler's not really down to make TikToks why not I don't know I'm not good at them but it's a really great place and you know without being silly about what I made it's a place for a 13 year old to go on there Mm -hmm. and type in hot lesbian and guess what Mm -hmm. they're going to see them yeah and they're going to be able to look at them or you know a a little boy who wants to see gay dudes who Mm -hmm. is living in southern Alabama or wherever he lives and he just doesn't see any and he thinks that that might be him He's mm-hmm. got two million videos to look and at. And TikTok, I think I learned from Ross, is not edited. The content, it, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, Twitter's not. Twitter, TikTok, yeah. TikTok will kick you off. Okay. And and you have to like spell things funny for so it doesn't catch it. And like, there's definitely like a you way. Really to have to get be smart. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be around it. I but, couldn't I mean, do it. There's people on there, and, and Chandler <laughs> hates when I talk about JoJo Siwa, which I don't know if you know who that is because you have kids. Yeah, Della's so, obsessed with her, or she was. I don't I, know. She might have outgrown I am a little too, bit. But she's like 19, so I won't go there. But the reason that she's important on TikTok is because she came out last year. She was 17 or 18 at the time, and her following are girls that are like between the ages of like six and. I don't know, 14. Mm -hmm. And that is such an important age for people to explore who they are and what they're doing and observe the world and, you know, what they want to be. And for her to go on TikTok and have parents be okay with their kids following her because she's on Disney Channel. Like, Mm -hmm. what's she going to post? But when she came out, it was like sprinkles, glitter, rainbow, and, you know, this beautiful, like, imagery that she created for these 12-year-olds to say, my favorite celebrity on Disney Channel likes girls Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so I think like people like that who are teaching our kids these norms that are now normal, they grow up from the age of, you know, six years old, like I said, and now they just think that that's cool. Yeah. And it's, it's a great place for people to, to connect with kids at that age because that's who's on TikTok Mm -hmm. and my mom and my dad and my grandma (laughs) and anybody else that got bored, you know, people love it. Yeah. So I need you to give me a lesson. Maybe. Um, you gotta pay for that shit. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Plastic Surgery of the Carolinas. I love Plastic Surgery of the Carolinas personally. I go there because I love doing lasers on my skin. I'm not gonna pretend that I don't. 
do those things or take care of my skin. I spent a ton of my life in the sun. And so when my skin gets dry or it gets dull, I really love the Clear and Brilliant laser. Um, they have the latest and the greatest Clear and Brilliant touch skin resurfacing laser. Um, for me, I like this because it's the golden standard for improving your skin's tone, texture, and radiance while building collagen and reducing pigment. It also helps with the appearance of fine lines and wrinkle. What's, what you have to know, because I didn't know this as well, is it doesn't show up right away. So you gotta give yourself like three weeks before you think that it's not working. And then after those three weeks, people are like, oh my gosh, what did you do to your skin? Like tons of my brown spots fell off. Your skin will feel a little like dry at first, but Clear and Brilliant is my absolute, absolute favorite laser. Um, this laser uses an advanced treatment with two different handheld devices and two different wavelengths of laser for significantly improved results than the actual original Clear and Brilliant laser. So this is like the Mac Daddy. And here is the coolest part, you guys. This laser treatment for one treatment is usually $550. If you mention the works when you call them, they're doing them for our family for $250 a pop. Okay, that is more than 50% off the laser. This is the best offer we have ever had. So if nothing else, send this podcast to your friends so they can hear this ad. So when you call up there, mention the works and they are going to basically give you these lasers for free. Do you hear me? Their phone number, 843-881-3881. Make sure you tell them that Sarah Frick from the work sent you to get your laser discount. They are located in Mount Pleasant off a of Long Point Road. The staff is fabulous. They answer all your questions. They're super kind, super laid back. Go, go, go. They have tons of other options, treatments, everything from plastic surgery to injectables. It really is an amazing experience. I'm not just saying that. They're kind, they're generous. They're really good at their work, so go check them out. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to touch on? Uh, yeah, I think just, you know, for as much as we've talked about differences, I, I want to talk about same mm -hmm. because I think Chandler and I have experienced things that whether you're in a gay relationship, a pan relationship, whatever relationship you're in, like you still experience things with your partner that you need to work through and it doesn't matter what gender you are. Mm -hmm. And you we know, we all got baggage. Yeah, we all do. And I think, um, the biggest shift in me dating Chandler, who is different than anybody I've ever dated was that I didn't choose like this fairy tale connection with this perfect human, no offense, Chandler, but like I chose the person and I chose like the, um, the potential in her and the potential in our relationship. And I just like decided that that's what I was choosing instead of like, oh my God, they're so hot. Like, it's great. Like, I'm not going to text them back. I'm going to play this game. I stopped doing that and I just chose her. And once I chose her, I chose all the stuff that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And that's whether you're a dude or whether you're a girl, you got to do that in your relationship. Like you have to choose the person and not, and not the situation. And you're growing up. <laughs> Chandler, take notes. But I mean, obviously, like, you know, a lot about our relationship mm -hmm. and I'll kind of let you, you know, turn that to Chandler eventually. But I think companionship is same, same. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It's a, it's a universal language companionship is. And I think I would say our relationship is 80, 20 companionship and the rest of it is, you know, the physical and whatever it is. But the 80% is what makes people last, I think, truly. Mm -hmm. When you are somebody's partner and you're somebody's companion and you realize that, like, you're just going to work through things, like, the good and the bad, you're not just sitting there nitpicking, like, oh, why do I feel like this? Or, like, you know, what about this? Or what about that? And I think once I chose companionship, 
I kind of chose like a long road with Chandler mm-hmm. because there's a lot that can come <clears throat> along the way. And if you're just focusing on the 20%, all that other shit's going to outweigh it and it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so that's marriage too. They say, I was talking to some, a therapist once a long time ago and she was like, you know, in every marriage there's like 10 marriages because I mean, John mm-hmm. and I have been together 16, 15, 16 years now. I mean, like this season of having young children won't be like that forever, right? We'll have a different marriage when they're teenagers and then when they're out of the house. And like, it's just, it's all, it's always evolving and always changing. And you go through like dry spells and you go through wetter spells and like, you know, <laughs> right. like, I mean, <laughs> oh my God. but it does. I mean, it's true. And it's like, you're with this partner. And I mean, you know, I'm married. Lindsay has three children with her partner. She's not married, but she's with her partner and you guys aren't married, but you're with each other, you know? And I think it's just, things just change. And I definitely don't, I don't know if y'all want to get married. If you do, I'd like to marry you though. Um, I've thought about it. <laughs> but um, I've asked Aaron for permission. I'd, um, <laughs> if you do decide to do that, I'm happy to do that. Just a side note. Oh, um, I'll do it for free. But, um, I need to start visualizing, that, visualizing before I commit. Okay. That's fine. We can, we can do a dry run. <laughs> Um, but I think that that's such a valid point is that it's not like what you're saying, like every house, no matter what the partnerships look like, like we're all basically, like I was saying in my class, like we're all going to get to the top of the mountain somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you get there. You just got to get your ass up there. You know what I mean? Um, what do you want to say about that? Yeah. Like, and, and kind of breaking it down into seasons almost like, even though we've been only been dating for a year, I feel like we've lived like three or four or five seasons already. It's like, the first season's like, okay, I'm getting to know this person. It's, well, it's like, like lusty. It's lusty. It's mm, butterflies. Yeah. It's like dates. It's and fun. fun and it's like, yeah. And then it's like season two, maybe you start dating. Everything's still kind of like that. What do people call it? Like a honeymoon phase mm-hmm. or something. And it's like still kind of getting to know you. And then like season three or four, like, okay, like this is what makes you tick. We've moved in with one another. Like here's where I have fallen short. Here's what I've learned about Aaron, you know? And I think when it comes down to it, like she's my best friend Mm -hmm. and I haven't been in very many relationships. This is actually the longest relationship I've ever been in. And it's only like a year and some change. (laughs) And, you know, I learn something about Aaron every day. Mm -hmm. And I think she learns something about me every day. And I think that 80, 20 is such a good point because, you know, like we laugh at the stupidest things that like only we would know what we're laughing about. Mm -hmm. You know, like she knows basically everything about me, all of my flaws, the things that like trigger me, you know, she knows my schedule. We have like a routine now. We have a dog together. Mm -hmm. You know, I never thought that I would ever, ever like live with anybody until I was like probably going to marry someone. And I mean, you moved in in less than a year. Um, and I was really nervous about it at first um, and now it's like the best decision I've ever made because we have certain, I take the trash out and I mean, we have certain things that we're each better at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like at the end of the day, like there's not another person that I want to like do life with. And I've learned a lot about Aaron's heart, especially over the last, you know, four to five months, um, and her like commitment to me. Um, and I've actually like witnessed like the feeling of being truly loved, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've made some, I made a big mistake a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. and I was unfaithful to Aaron. And I think I would have left this person if I was, you know, in Aaron's shoes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I, and you know, you were the one of the first people that I called and I went home to Atlanta. I called her too. And right. And we were on a three way. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Aaron came with me the next day. 
and yeah. we like got through it and there's that's a story for another day and you know since like that moment I have just seen like such growth and change in both of us and you know it's it's truly something like incredible to see because I've never witnessed it in my life and I've I, you know even with my mom's situation like I never really witnessed like my mom loving anyone or my dad you know and so it's cool to like be able to give and receive that mm-hmm. between myself and Aaron. Um, but yeah, she's my best friend. Yeah, and we're lo- weird as shit really together. In my family. Yeah, yeah. I was just—I mean, I'm Hispanic, and I think like you know, people people joke about like Puerto Rican families being like these like like little cults of like loyalty. Yeah, but like it's true, and I I think circles back to when I didn't want to date her at first because I had something else going on. Like mm-hmm. my brain just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. And so when it happened to me, like for real, mm-hmm. then I was like, Ooh, that childhood, like, you know, value of loyalty. Like you just take care of your people. Like this is the hardest it's ever been for me. Yeah. And, um, I had to choose at that point if that 80, 20, if that's the road that I wanted to stay on. And if I was going to stay on it, I was going to stay on it Mm -hmm. because... And you did. And I did. Mm -hmm. The car has all the four wheels still, but (laughs) um, some days they're flat, you know, some days they're they're not. But I would say, like, when you're faced with a decision and you're as loyal as I am, like, I'm just... I'll go to the grave with people if I like them. And if I don't, then I just don't speak to them. You know, I'm just kind of hot or cold. Yeah. And I had to decide in that moment, this person who is testing everything that I'm about... Am I going left or am I going right? Mm-hmm. And damn, I went right, and <laughs> I'm staying on. I'm staying on that right road, but uh, it, it's harder and it's easier on some days because I go back to that choice that I made, and I wonder, you know, is it ever going to get easier? Is it going to stay always in my mind? You know, is it going to happen again? And, yeah. and those things happen, but I, I keep going back to my roots of just stay loyal, and mm-hmm. I think she has reciprocated a lot of the loyalty that I've given her into growth and that's all I can ask for mm-hmm. so I mean I think that goes for any relationship yeah and that's I why mean, I said you did did you forget we were talking about lesbians here because right. it's like <laughs> this could be in any relationship yeah, I mean totally. this could be in friendships yeah it could be with your children it could be with your mom and dad or it could be a relationship that you witness and you're like mm, that person went left mm-hmm. you know or mm-hmm. that person damn like they really chose their kids and their marriage over you know, some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that I tend to stick to mm-hmm. more often than not. And I, I wanted to bring Chandler along with me because I know the type of person that she is and the heart that she has. And mm-hmm. I know she was better than it. And I'm happy to, to carry her with me. Um, basically at, at any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So she's your daddy, Chan. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, we could talk a lot more. <clears throat> I want to touch on two things. What is one massive stigma that people have about lesbians? that you've found in your life? Um, that and maybe we already talked about it. No, no, and that's, that's a super big question because I feel like I could list 100 of them. But I think the one that maybe um, affected me the most was you don't look like a lesbian. Got it. Um, that one annoys me because, again, I go back to if I want to put on a dress and go to shake my ass at the club, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. And I think, like I said, that's become my power, whereas before that became like what pissed me off. Mm-hmm. And so I started to dress how I wanted people to see me. So if I went to a gay bar, 
you know, I just dressed maybe the way that I would want to attract another woman because I knew where I was going to be. But if I was with my straight friends and we were hitting the, you know, the club, I'm going to dress what makes other people comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I stopped doing that because I realized my friends don't want me to do that. Like Mm -hmm. nobody wants me to do that. Yeah. That really cares about me. Yeah. And so now I've become this like very like fluid person where I can throw on, you know, sweatpants and some Jordans and a beanie. And that's just how I'm feeling that day. Mm -hmm. And there are some days we go out to dinner and I'll come down the stairs and she's like, damn. Yeah. Like, Where'd you get those heels from? And I'm like, they're in the closet. I dusted them off. But like, that is probably the stigma that I'm most proud of portraying to other people that you don't have to look a certain way for a certain group of people because if you do, those aren't your people. Yeah, I agree. Chan? Yeah, I 100% completely agree that you can't be, that you can still be, you know, a woman who likes women and be super feminine. Mm -hmm. Because I would consider myself pretty feminine, Oh, yeah. edgy-ish, you know? Oh, here she goes. But another one, I think... She also and, considers herself emo, but that's for another day. Um, yeah, I'm forever emo back in my seventh grade days. Um, and I don't... We didn't really touch much on religion, but that... Yes. You know, and, and, and that's something that I think is... I mean, I've experienced it in both ways, um, that, like, gay people or trans people or lesbians can't be a part of the church community. I've actually been told in the last year that if I wanted to be a leader at a specific church, that I could not be in leadership. And they wouldn't recognize our marriage. Yeah. If we Um, got married. Well, yeah. And I think that can be (laughs) a touchy subject, but, um, or that you're going to hell. Somebody said that to you? No, no one has said that to me specifically, but I I have friends that have been told that. Um, and your dad's a minister. Yeah. A retired minister. He's a retired minister and, you know, the church that he's retired from, the the, the woman is trans now. She's the pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's so many different, I know, congregations here in, in Texas where I was born in Atlanta. And I know that Aaron was part of a church in Cleveland that she loved, um, that he watched online a little bit. But that is one that I, um, I think I have a hard time even bringing up. Sometimes, um, because we're still exploring it, mm-hmm. right? Because I still feel like there's so, so much growth. People. Yeah, but honestly, they wouldn't they wouldn't talk about gay people or lesbians in the Bible if there weren't gay people and lesbians back in biblical times. Yeah, you know, so it was obviously going on. God is a woman, and you know, I just think, you know, I guess it's more of a statement. I would like for that to be explored more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check your um, church's website too. Um, yeah, affirming. And non-affirming are the two things to look for. We didn't we didn't know that until recently because no, we yeah. noticed. So tell us. Go ahead and give us. Um, if your church isn't visibly an ally of the community, which most are, because they want you to come, the most of them will put a put a flag or a rainbow right on the, the mm-hmm. sign so that you don't have to question if they are not. The ones that hide it um, are typically non-affirming, and you don't find that out until you do your research. And then there's the ones that tell you to go to hell. You know, there's there's a spectrum here, and. Um, some will put what they are and some won't because they want you to come. They want you to spend money. They want you to, you know, to yeah. donate to them. And until you ask the questions, they're not going to tell you. Um, so I think, you know, the one that we went to here, we didn't see the flag. We didn't see the, the visible allyship that we were hoping to see because, again, I want my relationship to be recognized in, in God's house. Mm-hmm. Because like they said, if we wanted to get married, they wouldn't marry us if I wanted to be a leader, a part of like a youth group or a part of a retreat or be a minister, they would say no. Yeah. So we stopped going there essentially because 
I want to be in a space where all of me is celebrated and I don't want you to nitpick the parts of me that you don't like and put them in the parking lot and then the rest of me can come in because that's totally. not, that's not like, that's not religion. No, you're I mean, not living your truest self, which is what you need to do when you get on your knees and you pray. Like yeah. you need to be every, everything needs to be together. Totally. Um, so we stopped going there, but you know, I, I've dated people who have never, that are 30 years old, who have never told their mom that they're gay to this day because the way they grew up puts them in a position that it would ruin their family. Mm. And, you know, as far as to say, I just found out that you're in Cleveland with this person and you guys are dating and the mom booked a flight for like $2,000 that night to get her back on the plane because she didn't want her to be swayed essentially to be gay because she said, you are who you surround yourself with. And mm -hmm. I don't want that. And you're not allowed to see your nephew either because I don't want him thinking that's okay. Like I've been in those situations to the go to hell people. And I've been in the, the church that Chandler talked about me in Cleveland, the come get baptized, come get married. We affirm who you are and what you're, you know, you're about mm -hmm. and we're visible with that. And there is a spectrum. And if you're new to the religion game or you're new to the, the lesbian game or whatever game you're in, check your church's website. And if it's not on there, you've got to ask because you don't want to be sitting in a place wondering if that space celebrates you because that is not a church. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I've learned. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Okay. One last question and fast. <clears throat> Um, this was a question that was asked online. I didn't get to all of them, but, um, what's something you didn't think you would do five years ago that you've done today? Wow. This podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Number one. Um, honestly, you know, five years ago and somebody actually asked me this the other day. Um, I never thought I would date a girl five years ago. I never thought I would Aaron. <laughs> be in the situation at all. <laughs> um, Mine's twofold. I, I don't think I would ever talk about what happened when I came out because I'm I love my parents. Yeah. And I'm I don't want to shame love you. I don't want to shame them. And, that, and I don't think And they did. don't deserve that because yeah. they're the best parents I could ever ask for. And it just took a long time for the conversation to happen on why it felt the way that it did. And so I don't ever want to put that on my mom. Yeah. I don't ever want to make her feel bad for the way that she reacted because I know why she did. Mm -hmm. And I know my dad, you know, he, he's quiet about it because, you know, he, he's not comfortable. And people who aren't comfortable, you know, they learn and they grow and, and things get better. And my parents are always willing to learn and they're always willing to grow. So I think just talking about it and making them potentially uncomfortable, sorry, mom and dad, <laughs> um, it's a big step for me because it just never was talked about. It was a hush-hush topic. And then number two um, is staying with somebody um, that you know, you question, mm -hmm. um, their, their commitment to you because I was always that hell no, mm -hmm. like not going to happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> and now it happened to me. And, uh, five years ago I would have said, hell no. Mm -hmm. And now I've met Chandler and the game changed. So yeah, two things. Yeah. That's good. Those are good takeaways. Okay. Um, Aaron, tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, Instagram, um, Aaron Maldonado. And for Sarah, who can't pronounce my last name for some reason, it's M-A-L-D-O-N-A-D-O. -O -O. And on TikTok, um, Aaron Maldonado 3. Um, usually there's like a rainbow or some signification on my page that lets you know it's me. Or there's like 50 pictures of Chandler. <laughs> One of the two ways. So You'll know it's her TikTok. When you and, and Chan, how can they find you except minus being at the works and the work cycle? Yeah, it works in the work cycle every day but Saturday, except for if I'm in Sarah's 9 a.m. Um, Chandler Frisbee is my Instagram. My last name is spelled F-R-I-S-B-I-E. And that's about it. Also follow Luna Dappledocs, our new dachshund. We love her very much. She's a rescue, seven months old. 
She's getting very famous. She's already getting ads in her DMs. Is she really? So she yeah, is. she is. Only okay, y'all know the famous Miss Chandler is walking downtown on King Street. Oh, I, I need to talk about that mm-hmm. for five seconds. Okay, go. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, we walked into Saltwater Cowboy, and between the parking lot and the hostess stand, three people stopped her to say, oh, my God, oh. are you Chandler? And somebody else came up to her um, at Post House while we were eating dinner, mind you. That was like, sorry if you're listening, but was like, are you Chandler from the works? And I was like, you're kidding. Like, Wait, they say, are you? They know you are. No, they, they ask. A lot of people, it's either way. I and and two, two girls, I would assume college age, literally like cackled after they met her. And then they went, oh my God, it's like seeing a celebrity in real no, life. No, they did not. Dude. Aaron. I was so mad. I was like, are you serious? Do you know who I am? Do you know me? And they, they cackled like they just met Beyonce backstage. And I'm, Actually, I'm mad at you now. You know people do that to you, Sarah. They do do it to you. Yeah, but that's me. <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely say Chandler is uh, becoming quite the fitness icon in, in Charleston. She is. And She's good. I'm proud of her because... She's my greatest prodigy. Don't tell you me know, it, it just links me back to the first day I met her. She's exactly who she is. And people either love it or they hate it. And for the people who don't come back to her class, she doesn't give a shit. No, because that so makes many people show for other people up. to come. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is going to fill in and she's going to make a difference. And so when people are literally calling her out in restaurants and things, it makes me realize like people idolize her for who she is. And that makes me even more proud to be with her, but it is super fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm glad. It's your ego talking. It's really good. It's really good for business. Imagine both of our egos at one time <laughs> and a place. I get it. I live with someone like that. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. Please share this with your friends, rate us, review us and come back. We'll be back next week. Bye.